0: What's going on, people? I'm Dave Rubin. This is the Rubin Report Direct Message for today, Wednesday, June 9th, 2021. Do me a favor. Would you do me a favor right now? Would you stop everything you're doing, put down the hot dog, push aside all your papers and other things that you've got in front of your computer, Take the mouse, do you have a mouse over there on your computer or your little touch thingy? And tap that subscription button on the YouTube page, tap the notification bell, share our videos, blah, 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 blah. Do all that stuff for me, would you do that? And then maybe you'll see our videos. We got a big show for you today, Uh, I should warn you guys. I've got a bit of a toothache and I was already at the dentist this morning. I think I'm gonna be able to make it through the show uh, but if there's any sort of medical emergency, Michael, you're gonna you're gonna step in for me? Michael will step in if I pass out uh, due to the pain. I think I'm gonna be okay. I have a follow-up appointment in a couple weeks, a little, little, little ache, sensitive to cold. We're gonna figure it out. It's gonna be all right, people. All right, we've got three stories for you today. Uh, the first one I think is probably the most interesting because it's a jump off of yesterday's story uh, about this New York Times reporter Mara Gay who was triggered when she saw American flags uh, in Long Island on trucks and obviously the American flag is a synonym for uh, white supremacist, uh, racist stuff. Uh, And then uh, the reason that I'm doing the follow-up story is because the New York Times uh, tweeted out a defense of her that people, the sort of implication is people like me are are misconstruing her words. Well, we're gonna show you the video and read the actual tweet that they sent and show you some other things that she's done in her day. Uh, The second story, you're definitely not gonna see this on CNN, Washington Post, New York Times, MSNBC, or any of corporate media. I checked this morning, it's not anywhere, is that some Hunter Biden text messages have leaked. Now, just for the record, I'm not a fan of reading leaked emails. I'm not a fan of reading leaked texts or secret recordings of people or any of those things. I don't even actually care about the contents Uh, of his personal text messages. However, uh, the issue with this is that he said the N word repeatedly in these texts that have been leaked. Uh, These were to his lawyer who is white. He repeatedly referred to him as the N word. I'll read you the texts and we'll discuss the sort of linguistic trickery uh, around using certain words and knowing that I have to say a word, the N word. Obviously I can't say the word then I'll be canceled, or my YouTube channel will be taken out. But that's really not even what this is about. It's mostly about the fact that I'm fairly certain, and I think you'll just go along with me on this adventure. I'm fairly certain that if one of Donald Trump's children had been caught saying the N-word, that it might've been covered on CNN or MSNBC or the New York Times or Washington Post. And yesterday I talked about uh, how the mainstream media basically launders lies. And one of the ways they do this is not just by making up stories that go through the system. So, you know, it's a Washington Post op-ed that we talk about on MSNBC and we bring a New York Times journalist, journalist to cover, sort of like the Mara Gay thing that we talked about yesterday, uh, but it's also the stories that they won't cover. That's one way you launder lies because if you just won't cover something because it doesn't fit the narrative, Well, you've laundered the lie, and that's exactly what they're doing. So again, I don't really care about the specifics about Hunter Biden and smoking crack out of the carpet and whatever the other nonsense he's doing. This is more about the irresponsibility of the mainstream media. And then the third story is that hydrochloroquine, uh, which for about a year or so, people have been saying, including many medical doctors, have been saying uh, is one of the things that you can take to avoid COVID and that it can really help and that we don't need lockdowns and masks aren't effective and all sorts of stuff. Uh, well, now there's some studies that actually prove that that's the case. Uh, I suppose even me saying that right there could get me in trouble with the YouTube gods. So it's a, it's probable, and we're gonna show you some evidence uh, and some studies and things of that nature. But first let's talk about this, uh, this New York Times journalist, Maragay, and again, I, I said this yesterday, I really do mean it. I don't mean to make this about her, but this is, this is just sort of the endless ridiculousness that mainstream media does. So what they did yesterday on MSNBC was they took an op-ed piece about scary Trump supporters, you know, implying that they're all white supremacists, written by this guy, Max Boot, who's just one of these pet Republicans who's never defended any sort of conservative value ever, but he, so he's loved by MSNBC, right? So he writes an op-ed in the Washington Post they then discuss that on Chuck Scarborough, not Chuck Scarborough, that guy was on MSNBC, Joe Scarborough. Chuck Scarborough, that is a great reference for those of you from New York in the 80s and 90s. If you got that reference, uh, high five to you. He went. Uh, this is Joe Scarborough's show on MSNBC. They start analyzing this piece in the Washington Post and they bring on Maraghe, who's a New York Times Journalist to talk about it, and this is the launder of lies where they just all link together, and then they just promote a narrative that they want to get out there. Well, let's just throw you the video from yesterday that caught fire. Let's do that first. I was on Long Island this weekend, uh, visiting a really dear friend, and I was really disturbed. I saw you know dozens and dozens of pickup trucks with uh, you know. Uh, Explicatives against Joe Biden uh, on the back of them, yep. uh, Trump yep. flags, and some cases just dozens of American flags, which you know uh, is also just disturbing because essentially the message was clear. It was this is my country. This is not your yep. country. I own this. And so until we're ready to have that conversation, this is going to continue. OK, so she's saying she saw dozens of trucks with explicatives. I think she means expletives, about Joe Biden. Now, I just, first off, I just don't believe that. Like, where are the pictures? Like, what are you saying? It was F Joe Biden and screw Joe Biden and blah, blah, blah. Like, I just don't believe it. Like, why haven't I seen any pictures? By the way, when Trump was president, we saw that stuff everywhere. I live in Los Angeles. Everywhere you went, there were all sorts of things calling him Hitler and a Nazi and all sorts of evil stuff. So, A, I don't believe that, but I'll grant her that. Okay, that's fine. Then she said she saw Trump flags. Okay, well, if you can have... Any sort of political flag, you know, pro-Biden flag, you can have a Trump flag. That that doesn't mean you're a white supremacist. I know in your mind it does. But then the final thing, and the thing that sort of caught the eye of the internet, was that she saw these dozens of American flags, and that to her was this implication that these people they want their country back, basically. And of course, they're, they're every, they, these people see everything through the lens of imaginary white supremacy and all of this stuff. Uh, anyway, that clip went viral because it's a ridiculous thing to say. The American flag has nothing to do with racism. We have fought racism. We fought a civil war to end slavery. We had a black president. Most European countries that have existed for hundreds, if not thousands of years longer than us have not had uh, black presidents or prime ministers. Doesn't mean everything's perfect, but things are pretty freaking good here. But this just goes to show, once you've accepted the woke ideology, once you've accepted critical race, theory, all, all of these people, they live in an imaginary world where she's literally seeing people with the American flag driving down the Long Island Expressway and thinking that they're white supremacists. It's absolutely crazy, absolutely crazy. I have American flags, I'm not a white supremacist, okay? It's just, it's just completely ridiculous. So anyway, this clip went around uh, Twitter, started going viral, so then she, Maragay, tweeted, this, let's get that tweet up there. She said, uh, I see I'm being trolled with the American flag this morning. Trolling a black journalist with the American flag is not the own some people think it is. Now, I don't know how you could be trolled by the American flag. I just, I don't even know what that means. And your color of your skin is completely irrelevant. If a white person had said the exact same thing, I would be covering the story. And I think this it would have gone just as viral, but I get it. Once you have chosen the woke ideology, you have to use your skin color and whatever your perceived oppressions are as sort of the most important thing about you. So you think you somehow get some sort of pass or something because of your stupid comment because you're black, but that's just not how reality works and I refuse to play these nonsensical games. Well then, this is why I wanted to cover the story today. It wasn't just to repeat yesterday's thing and show you her tweet. It was because the New York Times uh, public relations account on Twitter actually defended her. They tweeted out this, New York Times editorial board member, Mara Gay's comments on MSNBC have been irresponsibly taken out of context. Her argument was that Trump and many of his supporters have politicized the American flag. The attacks on her today are ill-informed and grounded in bad faith. Now, first off, it's an odd thing for them to do because they're commenting on other people's opinions about her opinion, right? So what does that have to do with PR for the New York Times? Like the New York Times PR account should be defending their articles or the the way that their articles are viewed, that sort of thing. But now they're sort of they're acting as basically like the the bodyguard for one of their reporters who made a comment. Now, sh- nobody said anything about her and the American flag. She's the one that did it, right? Like she's the one that actually in, implied that the American flag has something to do with white supremacy. Like, so it's just a lie, and then they got ratioed to high hell. And the reason I mention all of this is because the implication that the New York Times and that she's putting out is that these are bad faith actors. That's what the words that the New York Times PR account use. These are uh, ill-informed and grounded in bad faith, these people that are talking about her. Um, well, if that's the case, uh, I've got a quote from Mara Gay, uh, just from about two weeks ago uh, in the New York Times, she was interviewing Andrew Yang. And let's, let's listen to some bad faith stuff if they think that's bad faith. This is Mara Gay to Andrew Yang. You've built your brand by frequently doing radio and other appearances with right-wing media personalities. At times, you said that the Democratic Party should gravitate away from identity politics. You've supported automating fast food workers at times. Why appear on shows like The Dave Rubin Show, who regularly hosts white supremacists? Huh, well, I'm Dave Rubin. Now, I host a show called The Rubin Report. I don't know what The Dave Rubin Show is. I asked Mara Gay to uh, retract and correct that simply because you got the name of the show wrong, but of course, they didn't do that. Uh, I don't regularly host white supremacists either. Uh, So would you say that is bad faith, Mara Gay? Why did the New York Times not offer me a defense there? But this is consistently what these people do. And by the way, the New York Times, this is the same paper that, as you guys know, once did a Sunday cover story about how me and Jordan Peterson and Ben Shapiro and Nobel Prize-winning economist Milton Friedman lead people to the alt-right. Huge picture of my face about the the way YouTube is leading people to the alt-right. The New York Times also ran when, when Jordan and I Jordan Peterson and I, when we left Patreon, we actually left Patreon because somebody on Patreon got booted with no recourse and we decided to leave Patreon. New York Times covered it, had four factual errors in their in their story, which I contacted the reporter and she refused to correct any of the things. So the New York Times is not a newspaper. I think what you're seeing here and the reason I wanted to do the story again is not to make it about her, but it's to make it about how the, the media just makes up Nonsense. They launder lies through op-eds that make it onto cable news channels that then get their own writers at places like the New York Times to comment on it. And then when people push back against their lies, the implication that the United States and the American flag are racist and white supremacist and all of that stuff, when people push back on it, then they basically call all of us liars. So that is the way the game is played and, and we have to call it out for what it is. For as long as these people have any sort of cultural power. And by the way, their cultural power is waning. That's the beautiful thing. Less and less people are paying attention. Well, nobody watches MSNBC, really. Less and less serious people are paying attention to the New York Times. The Washington Post is trash. Like, everyone is sort of getting it, but as long as they have any cultural power within the institutions that are sort of above all of us, unfortunately, we've gotta push back on it. So I hope that that gave you a little insight into how how evil spreads right like like it's it's genuinely evil i don't like using terms like good and evil in these things but but if you lie if you lie and then you push that lie through the system with other liars we got to push back we got to push back it's as simple as that Uh, Before I get to the other two stories, I wanna talk to you guys about uh, uh, some email services. Let's get to it. You know, Free email services like Gmail and Yahoo aren't really free. You pay with your privacy. And since those companies have access to everything that you send and receive, big tech can sell your data to the highest bidder. From business plans to medical records, companies can sell your personal data to target you with intrusive ads and open you up to identity theft and phishing attacks. That's why Startmail wants to secure your email and make you feel safe again. Startmail keeps your email private, period. Every email is encrypted, even if the recipient doesn't use the encryption, which means big tech can't read, scan, analyze, or sell your personal information ever. Startmail also prevents government agencies from spying on you, like in Dragnet operations. With Startmail, deleted means deleted. When you delete an email, it's gone forever, and Startmail uses their own servers, not Amazon's, which means they can't be put out of business like Parler. Startmail is also backed by the most stringent privacy laws in the world. You get unlimited anonymous aliases. This feature protects your main email address from spam and phishing attacks. So when you're giving your email to a company but wanna protect your identity, Startmail can generate a shareable alias email so people can't sell your info and they can be deleted at any time. Here at the Rubin Report we've been looking forward to finding alternatives to Google, so we're excited by what Startmail has to offer. I don't trust big tech and neither should you. Start securing your email privacy with Startmail. Sign up today and you'll get 50% off your first year. Go to startmail.com slash That's Startmail with a T, -T -T. S-T-A-R-T. Mail.com slash for 50% off your first year. Startmail.com slash and now back to me. Uh, Quickly, before I get to this next story that you're not gonna see on corporate media, unfortunately, I just wanna say one last thing on the previous story because I, I repeatedly said that I don't wanna make it about this girl. And I don't wanna make it about this girl. Even though she has libeled me in the New York Times, I am not trying to direct anger towards her. I'm trying to show you a broader uh, picture of what's going on here. And I just wanna be very clear about that because I get that the internet brings the worst out in everybody. Twitter brings the worst out in everybody. Um, and it's like, when you see these lies, do you, do you either, do you push back and do you call it out or do you just sit there and, and drown slowly Should we all just be the frog in the slowly boiling pot? I I just refuse to be that frog anymore and we have to push back and occasionally, you you gotta make it about some of the people that are laundering those lies. Okay, speaking of laundering lies, one way that you can launder lies is if you don't talk about stories that you would otherwise talk about if they fit your political Narrative and uh, Hunter Biden, you may remember this guy. He is the crack-smoking son of the president of the United States. Remember, he was at one point looking through carpet to snort anything. He claims that he might have snorted some Parmesan cheese, thinking it was uh, <laughs> thinking it was crack. Uh, well, you may remember that his uh, laptop was found by the New York Post before the election. Uh, we were not allowed to tweet about that because. Uh, Well, we don't really know why, but they basically were censoring the New York Post before the election. Then it came out after the election once Biden won and then they got what they wanted. In essence, they got Joe Biden president. Then we could talk about it again. Then Hunter Biden went on, he got new teeth. Then he went on this tour, went on Jimmy Kimmel, talking about what a great guy he is, all of that stuff. Well, now it's come out that some text messages of his have leaked and he repeatedly uses the N word. I am not here to police people's language, okay? I just wanna be clear about that. Like, you could say whatever the hell you want in your private life and you can be a racist and, and a prick and an entitled asshole and all of those things. Uh, the reason I am covering this story is sort of why I covered the first story, which is I'm pretty sure if Trump Jr. had said the N-word, this would be everywhere in mainstream. This would be literally leading everything right now and it's being completely ignored. Brian Stelter of reliable sources not covering it. Jake Tapper, of whatever the Jake Tapper show is, not covering it. Somehow he didn't make it into the Situation Room with Wolf or uh, whatever Acosta does or Lemon's show. Somehow these people, they all miss this story. Very bizarre, I know, it's weird. Uh, But here we've got some info from the New York Post. First son, Hunter Biden, repeatedly called his white attorney the N-word in a pair of bizarre and occasionally lewd conversations in late 2018 and early 2019, according to newly unearthed messages. Okay, so we're gonna put these messages up here. Now remember, I don't wanna say the word, this has nothing to do with the word, the fact that even if I, if I, I mean, this is the irony. Wait, come back to me for a second. This is the irony of, of this situation right now. So I'm gonna read you these things and I'm gonna say the N-word. I'm not gonna say the word itself, okay? But if I was to just repeat what Hunter Biden says in these text messages, I'm fairly certain my YouTube channel could be deleted, yet the mainstream media won't even cover that he did this in the first place. That is why this is a story, not the specifics of what's in here. But now let's throw to the to the text messages. He's in blue, and it's his lawyer in white. And and for the record, uh, his lawyer is white as well. There is zero coverage or pickup of the story. Zip. They spent a shit ton of resources on it too for a year. Wow. Thank you, Michael Cohen. Then he gave the you know the finger there. Oh, and you too. How much money do I owe you? Because N word. You better not be charging me Hennessy rates. That made me snarf my coffee. I just made that phrase up, by the way. I should have, I should have nad your lineage. Had, I guess he means, clever son of a gun. It's wasted on you. Apparently you do, that's what I'm saying. Then there's some image there. Why are you so tan? Ah, we'll just get to the next one. Anyway, he says it again. At the bottom of the next one, you can say true dat N word. Okay. I wanna, the other part that I wanted to talk about related to this is that we are living in a time of mass cancellations. We're living in a time where people, they go back, they find something you said 10 years ago, doesn't matter if you were 15 when they said it. They cancel Aunt Jemima, okay? They cancel Uncle Ben. We got rid of the Lando Lakes ladies. We're canceling things left and right. We are told that racism and the, and de- is the driving force in everything in the world right now, and that destroying racism and being an anti-racist is the most important thing. Well. If saying that word is bad, which is what we've been told, well then why is nobody going after him? Where, where is Black Lives Matter now going after him? Where is anyone in mainstream media going after him? Where are the, the brave progressive warriors for truth going after him? None of them are and that's how you know the whole thing is a grift and a shell game and nonsense and they would use this to destroy anyone else that was a conservative or on the right or anything else. And I wanna mention, uh, if, if you think I'm making this stuff, this stuff up, my friend Kyle Kashuv, who used to work for us here at the Rubin Report, who was one of the survivors of the Parkland shooting. I hope you've seen my episode with Kyle, and I I certainly hope you know Kyle because he's he's an extraordinary young man who's gonna do great things in this world. Uh, Well, Kyle graduated first in his class, okay? And if you remember, after the Parkland shooting, most of the kids became anti-gun activists. Kyle was basically the one kid who became a pro-Second Amendment activist. Uh, he was treated horribly by the media while the rest of them were treated like heroes. We, we know all that kind of stuff. Well, it, Kyle then, because he was number one at Harvard, got into, uh, sorry, number one in high school, uh, graduating class, got into Harvard University. And then, because some students didn't like him anymore because of his activism on the Second Amendment to defend the Second Amendment, They leaked some Google documents that Kyle was in when he was in like ninth and 10th grade when he said some bad words, including the N-word. He did, they were kids and they were joking around and kids do stuff and everyone everyone has said every bad word, myself included, okay? Nobody's innocent here, these self-righteous pricks. Well, you know what, Harvard then kicked him out. They rescinded his offer. So they got rid of the kid who stood up against the mob by defending the Second Amendment, who graduated number one in his class, and then they let in David Hogg, by the way, who didn't have the the grades to get in there, but he was a you know a progressive hero, uh, and he's and he's pretty stupid, quite frankly. Um, and anyway, I mention this because let me just get this straight: if this is how the public game is played, that we destroy a kid who can graduate number one in his class and make it to Harvard, he can no longer go to Harvard, but the president's son, when he does these things, on top of the fact that the president's son who was getting what, like 50 grand a month from Burisma to be an energy consultant who had absolutely no background and obviously used all of his dad's leverage and, and power to get that gig and a whole bunch of really, I mean, there, there's the video of Biden literally saying that they were gonna fire the prosecutor in Ukraine, like there, it's, it's such deep corruption. Um, Also, you know, I mentioned this, I vaguely mentioned this in the first story, but uh, Sargon of Akkad, who was a big YouTuber for many years, he was one of the sort of first, sort of disaffected liberal types, he was banned from Patreon uh, because he said the N-word, not to be racist, he said the N-word because he was mocking people that used the N-word and Patreon blew up his account, completely demolished his business. That actually, this is what I was referencing, that actually was when I uh, decided to create Locals because I realized I shouldn't be on Patreon anymore because these these, uh, rules that these tech companies set up are completely arbitrary. So Kyle Sargon, the litany of people who have been destroyed in their personal lives for far less than the deep corruption and drug use and everything else that, that Hunter Biden has done. And I don't even care about any of that stuff. I don't care what language he uses. I don't care what drugs he does. I care about the disconnect in the media and the way that we're all being manipulated. It's like we're playing a game with rules that are set for some people and rules that are set for other people and we all keep playing and we gotta figure out a way how to play this game a little bit better, I suspect that the only way we're gonna be able to do it is by building new things. That's why I started Locals. And if and if I dared to say the very word that Hunter Biden said in these texts, my, I would be kicked off YouTube right now. But thankfully, because of Com, I would not be gone forever because you gotta build stuff instead of just playing along with these people. And speaking of their endless nonsense, there's been a real through line to the show today. You know, sometimes we can bounce around the stories, but there's been a real through line. No more BS. I've just about had it with your endless BS. Uh, Well, you may remember that early on, starting really, I would say, in last spring, but then it got really hot in the summer, there were a bunch of doctors and a bunch of people online who were talking about hydrochloroquine. And hydrochloroquine is a medicine that many doctors were saying at least could help prevent COVID. Plenty of people were booted from Twitter from this, videos were taken down on YouTube, channels were deleted, Uh, doctors had their reputations destroyed, mobs going after their, their jobs and families and all of those things. Well, now there is a new study that says that hydrochloroquine is probably quite effective in dealing with COVID. Let's throw to Fox News. And now over a year later, we have that data that Dr. Stephen Smith promised. in a new study Smith and three other medical experts prove what he and his this show have been telling you for more than a year, that hydroxychloroquine can save lives. Smith's landmark study followed 255 COVID patients who required intubation during the first two months of the pandemic. And it found that increased doses of co-administered hydroxychloroquine and azithromycin were associated with a greater than 100% increase in survival. That's a study using science, saying some stuff. Now, I'm not telling you it's 100% true, but the point is that many doctors and reputable people and, and a small amount of journalists, and I, don't, I, I that was a, that was an accidental air quote. Some of these people are actual journalists. They've been saying that we should be looking into this for a long time. As a matter of fact, the video that I'm about to show you of Dr. Stella Emanuel in DC, which went viral and then was taken down, uh, you may remember this, well, I at Trump rallies last fall was out there and I went out there with Dennis Prager and I said, Dennis, we, we, we didn't have masks on and I was okay without having a mask. And I said, Dennis, well, aren't you afraid you're out here without a mask? And you know, Dennis is in his early 70s. And he said, no, I'm on hydrochloroquine, I'll, I'll be just fine. Uh, now let's take a look at this video that you may remember from uh, Dr. Stella Emanuel and this is last summer. I'm a true testimony. So I came here to Washington DC to tell America, nobody needs to get sick. This virus has a cure. It is called hydroxychloroquine, zinc, and zitromax. I know you people wanna talk about masks, hello? You don't need masks, there is a cure. I know they don't wanna open schools. No, you don't need people to be locked down. There is prevention and there is a cure. I wanna be very clear about something. That video was was censored across the internet, okay? That's number one. Number two, uh, she's now saying, well, she's saying then, that things that we now know are true, that the masks don't quite work. That's what Fauci's emails have said, right? We know this, and we know that lockdowns don't work, which is why the numbers in Florida and Texas that were largely open, in many cases, were far better than places that locked down, like California and New York, so that woman who was then you know called she was literally called a white supremacist and and the rest of the nonsense. And actually, we were going to have her on the show, and I had to have a big internal debate whether we were going to do it because we were already on you know we knew they were looking at us already, and whether we would get our channel deleted and everything else. And I was still setting up things with locals to ensure that we'd be okay on the on the back end of that. Um, I think you can see what's going on here. It's almost like if you censor people, then maybe the censored people are actually saying something kind of true and that's why censorship doesn't work. Um, I mean, a lot of people owe that woman apology, including Jack from Twitter and Mark Zuckerberg from Facebook. Anyway, I'm not telling you it's 100% uh, that the studies are 100% right, right? Like, I'm not telling you that. Actually, maybe we'll try to get that doctor on. Um, We'll see, we'll see if we can get him, be happy to talk about it. So she may be right, but the point is the media called her crazy, and that's what the media seems to do with anyone who dares say anything close to the truth. Let's remember, a few months ago, if you, were, if you dared say that perhaps this was a man-made virus from a lab in Wuhan that might've been leaked, either intentionally or not, that could've got you banned from Twitter. Now you're allowed to say it. Facebook actually changed their policy altogether. If you had said that on Facebook a few months ago, you were done. They were gonna blow up your account. Now they've actually made a statement just in the last week because evidence is leaking out that you're actually okay if you were to say these things. So man, information war, people. We are in a war on truth. And uh, I guess I'm a general in the war on truth. I'm a general in the war on truth and you guys are part of my battalion and I promise you we're gonna win this thing. (laughs) Uh, part two of my interview with Sora Amari, which is a really, really interesting interview. The guy just wrote a book called The Unbroken Thread. And he talks about his journey from atheism to belief and really why he believes that traditional conservative values are the, the thing that can tether generations together. And he talks about some of the faults that he sees in liberalism. We have some really interesting touch points. If, if you haven't seen it, I highly recommend it. The full episode is already up ad free at Ruben Report. I'm gonna be eating soft food for the rest of the day because of my toothache. I hope you all enjoy your day. We'll be back tomorrow. Hopefully the New York Times doesn't slander anybody else for the rest of the day so I can cover some other stuff tomorrow. And by the way, if you're someone at Media Matters or at Vox or at Buzzfeed or at HuffPo, give me some of the other crap ones, or at CNN, or the New York Times, all, all the usual suspects, if, or Vice, or Slate, or Puke, or dog crap. If you're, if you're one of the people at any of these places of journalism, it's like, guys, just don't be completely horrible and I won't talk about you. You don't have to be great. You don't even have to be good. You don't even have to be average. Just don't be completely horrible and I will find some other stuff, stuff to talk about. Can you do that? Could you do me a solid? Do me a solid, people. Puke. That That is a good website. That is a good website. All right. All right, see ya. Bye. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Be sure to subscribe and rate this podcast. And don't forget, you can watch my direct messages live on Blaze TV and YouTube every weekday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. And of course, if you wanna connect with me personally and get early access to my sit-down interviews, join rubinreport.locals.com.